everyone. This is Craig Resnick coming to you from the ARC Advisory Group. With me today is my special guest, a gentleman I've been working with for many, many years, Harpreet Galati. He's the head of business and planning operations uh, at Viva. And uh, I wanted to welcome you today, Harpreet. How you doing today? Thank you, Craig. I'm very well. Well, we certainly are living in, uh, in interesting, unprecedented times right now. And certainly seeing uh, major impacts throughout the entire uh, manufacturing and processing industry. And and one of the things I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today are oil and gas companies and some of the major impacts that they're facing. Uh, and, you know, it's really regarding not only the pandemic, but also the oil market instability. You know, there, it's it's occurring simultaneously. We've certainly seen issues with uh, with uh, drastically low prices. I know they've recovered uh, somewhat uh, to a degree. But could you uh, comment a little bit about that? Yeah, Craig, certainly it's unprecedented time uh, for oil and gas companies. You know, we call it the perfect storm. Uh, it started off, I would say, I guess it's been going on for, for a while. This this whole, you know, focus on sustainability. The world is moving towards sustainability. You know, several uh, major oil producers, including BP, Shell, I, Total, who have pledged net zero emissions. There's world moving towards renewables so so that sort of compressing the demand first second came you know this this price war between uh you know between russia and and saudi arabia and trying to get more control of the market and 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 that they flooded you know the excess supply that came into the market and then the pandemic hit which compressed the demand a lot and between all of this thing you know basically we have supply excess supply sudden compression in demand, and that created this perfect storm that is creating all this volatility. So all the, the companies, what, what, what the oil companies are seeing is, is, is major changes in demand, you know, from, you know, which traditionally you would have uh, jet fuel and gasoline coming up in demand. And suddenly now, uh, you know, the demand for jet fuel and, and, and gasoline went, went down a lot. Diesel stayed up a little bit, but that even that after the supplies, uh, you know, we overran the supplies, things started compressing out there. Um, shale oil got impacted because as the price of oil plunged a lot, shale became un, unprofitable to produce. And now a lot of the downstream companies who are dependent on the shale oil will have to look for other areas. So, so there's supply chain disruption, demand disruption, all of these are changing all simultaneously, and the oil companies, both from, from upstream, midstream, downstream, have had to shift very rapidly to this rapidly changing scenario. Oh yeah, yeah. We I certainly agree with uh, with all your all your sentiments. We've certainly uh, heard that from uh, throughout all the oil and gas industry. And it's interesting because one of the things that a lot of the companies are doing in in, in spite of these uh, radical cuts and lot cuts in prices is they're still looking at technology and uh, you know how can technology help uh, your customers recover you know both short term and long term well, you know Greg, the, if you really look at the oil and gas especially specifically the the downstream the refining industry makes its money by being nimble to the price fluctuations on crude prices that's how how it has been you know it, it looks at the differential between the the product prices and the the crude prices and how quickly you can respond to that delta is how they make money. 
And as the volatility increases, as these demand patterns changes, as the supply pattern changes, as well as with COVID, the, the workflow, workforce itself changes as well. You know, how many people are available to work, where they are available to work. You know, really, in, in the face of all of this thing, the key to survival, key to actually staying ahead of the market is agility. How quickly are you able to be agile and change to the market conditions, be it changes to the demand, changes to where your supply is coming from, or how your workforce is interacting, you have to be agile, and that's where technology comes in. You know, working in in the in the times of this volatile risk, uncertainty, and changes, technology comes in. So the first thing I would say is where where people need to be looking at is is uh, is cloud. You need to be moving towards you know you moving technologies that we're not going to have large IT department on-site forces to be able to help people out. So how do you enable and empower the the remote worker, right? Cloud is a foundation that, that everybody was working towards, but now suddenly this mandate is is, is accelerating. Okay, next is, is how do you empower the remote and connected worker to actually get be be productive you know be productive so that you bring information to them rather than them walking around plant and sensing things and those kind of things right the third area is is really digital automation automation of anything that is manual anything was paper based anything that required people to either write email or just walk over next door and have a coffee coffee conversations now those can't be done so, so they they have to these these digital collaboration, workflow procedures, and all those those need to be come together. And the last area I would say is is that you know we you know in the past everybody had a defined role that they could could go out there and and did their role process and then passed on to the next person and walked over to the next person or told them what needed to be done. In the new environment of you know, digital collaboration and agility, what they need to do is we need to have seamless workflows for things to be able, for a business to be able to respond very quickly. They need to be able to look across their entire value chain and, and really respond in an agile, quick way across the business. Everybody working in sync, all from people from remote location. They're not at the same time at the same place, but they're all working from different time zones or different places in their homes, all working together. So technology sort of stitches this value chain together. So all of those technologies from the cloud, connected worker, automation of procedures, processes, as well as value chain all bringing together is going to be the key area of bringing efficiency and agility to 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 the industry. Oh yeah, that's so important because you never know not only where the worker is going to be based, uh, whether it be in a, in a socially spaced situation within a plant or at their home, but also the fact that they now may have multiple responsibilities uh, as some of these companies have had a, have had workforce reductions. So it's really important to make sure these collaboration tools uh, work regardless of where people may be may be located whether it be within the plant uh, socially spaced or from any location in the world and you know when we when we survey a lot of our uh, client companies you know as far as their digital transformation journey you know we find there's really great levels of uh, of maturity uh, with some of the companies and some that really haven't even gotten started so 
So from your perspective, how will companies that are mature in their digital transformation, you know, handle the situation? And let's say, let's, how is that opposed to, let's say, the companies that lag in that area? Absolutely. I think the oil and gas companies with higher digital maturity will be ahead of their competition and will be able to better manage risk as the market scenarios changes for a few reasons. They are they have visibility on how the market changes impact their business all the time, and they have the mechanism to act in time to mitigate these risks and to explore these small windows of opportunities to improve margins. And these are not just from an operating perspective. I would say the same thing applies from an engineering perspective as well. Engineering has had to massively change. EPC companies have had to change the way they work as well in this new environment where where collaboration and and sort of digital working around on the cloud has become central aspect efficiency has become a central aspect of what they do so so i'll i'll, I'll give you examples of of uh, you know companies who who are you know sort of going ahead and doing you know these type you know who use technologies in their favor to 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 really uh, stay ahead in in the decision making process. You know, I'll start off first of all with with somebody something like BP. You know, BP has you know we've been working very closely with BP uh, for a while, um, and they have deployed uh, their sort of supply chain solutions. You know, they use these tools to evaluate. You know, what what have crudes they want to run, where where they want to run, and and the, these clue, crude scenarios take a long time you know a new crude comes becomes available and now that's happening all the time crude you know fluctuation in price was happening and as you you guys were aware then the US you know price went in may went negative 30 35 36 dollars per barrel so these these constant changes are happening and these companies need to evaluate both different scenarios on you know what what type of markets to play in, a way to buy their crude, how much to sell, you know, how much to to pay for these crudes. Now, typically, these processes, just you know, a, a typical scenario requires to, to you to run maybe hundreds, sometimes thousands of uh, cases that that may be run, and it used to take BP seven hours to run these scenarios one by one. They were able to using the cloud and and the the infinite capacity that uh, that cloud of computation capacity that that they provide, BP was able to reduce this time from seven hours to just three minutes. Imagine pretty, that. It's a pretty pretty quick ROI. That that you know the, the, now imagine the 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 advantage that this puts companies who you imagine another company down the road requires eight hours to do an analysis that you are able to do in about three and a half, four minutes, four minutes while you're taking a coffee break. This is a massive advantage that allows you to mitigate risk in these changing scenarios. So they, they don't have to go out there by going fully digital on the cloud. They were able to do stuff like this. They were able to reduce the amount of time that, that takes them to make decisions and how many people are able to. It's not happening on somebody's computer, but happening in a transparent way across the cloud, accessible. These results are accessible to multiple places. So, wow, so this is an example of you know how technology can you know let let somebody uh, stay ahead in 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 the in the curve and be ahead in the in, or be more agile in response to the market. Another example I would use 
is is a, a wood group, you know, that we work in in the engineering space, you know, where we have really worked with a couple of close partners to get them on the cloud and and do collaborative engineering, you know, if if you just to give you a magnitude of time in in the once in the construction phase, you know, the tool time efficiency is is about thirty percent. That means that seventy percent of the time is some time spent in in either in breaks, in waiting on parts, in waiting on things, all of those things. So there's a huge amount of efficiency gain that can be done by streamlining workflows, by enabling collaborations across the board. And we've been working with some of these companies to get them there. Um, another one that I, I recently, it's a public case study that, that I'm particularly proud of is uh, Adnoc. Now Adnoc just, I think just last week itself, published that they, um, they have we, we've created a, a Adnox Panorama Digital Command Center that really gives them visibility across the entire uh, value chain of Adnox. They have 14 different uh, operating companies, uh, a fully integrated uh, system that goes from you know, upstream, uh, almost three million barrels a day, from upstream to mid, you know, sort of gas processing uh, to refining petrochemicals and even some polymers area and, and, and a whole distribution area. So what we did is first of all, create a digital command center and then and put a value chain optimization analysis on, on top of that so that they're able to look across their entire value chain and make agile decisions. And, and this really actually imp, uh, increased their agility during COVID-19 in, in the pandemic when they needed to be more agile. And the cumulative benefits that they have, not just on, on transparency, but the cumulative benefits in, in terms of quantifiable benefits that they have uh, published this week over the period of three years that they have had the system is over a billion dollars. Wow. And, and and the last one I talk about is 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 Neste, right? Neste is, is another very interesting uh, client, a great partner that we've been working with. And, and they are taking a different route. You know, so first they, they did, you know, they were one of the pioneers working with us on Aiden, their whole, whole supply chain on the cloud, using cloud computing to really do fast decisions on the old product. But another area that they, they're bringing in is, is that Neste has diversified. It's been ahead of their the competition in terms of move towards, uh, towards the, the renewables. Right, they 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 are the largest renewable fuels producer in in the world, and and they have a, a great connected supply chain, and they use our tools to to really do all the analysis, all the uh, planning and scheduling portion for their supply chain, and and they've gone renewable, so they've sort of, you know, by diversification, by having not just the oil, but oil and petrochemicals and 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 uh, renewables in part of the mix is another way these oil companies will be able to mitigate risks against the changing market wow those are some uh, pretty amazing success stories you know the the one thing that this covid-19 pandemic really exposed you know is the fact that the companies who are best prepared for it are actually the companies that were furthest along with their digital transformation processes be, to begin with and what we're finding is now is that digital transformation is no longer something that's optional or something that we can just uh, evolve to. Uh, we're finding that it's 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 truly mandatory, and that the companies that really don't 
go ahead with a full-fledged digital transformation process. I'm certainly not going to survive, you know, if there was ever, God forbid, a second pandemic or a second wave of the pandemic. Uh, we they really have to be ready. And I think what we've seen is we've seen a lot of companies who are a little bit on the fence with some of their digital transformation processes now beginning to say, even in spite of very, very difficult uh, budgeting situations, that we really need to move forward with these projects, even if it's more on a scalable OPEX side of the fence. So um, so one of the questions I have for you is, you know, for, for companies who really aren't prepared to, to face you know, this level of risk and uncertainty caused by the pandemic or, or any other uh, things that may be coming up in the future uh, of similar nature. You know, what steps can they take now to kind of seek, you know, faster recovery or minimize the impact of the current situation? Uh, it, is, it is. This is a definitely a defining moment for the oil industry and there will be winners and losers. There will there will be fire sales on assets and, and we can all, we already are seeing signs of consolidation both in upstream in the shale area in downstream industries and all this stuff i think the first thing they're going to have to do is is with this oil with this fluctuation the uncertainty the trading and supply functions will need to be a lot more active now this pandemic is is going to likely accelerate the pace of the digital transformation i mean the quickening is evident already across sectors and geographies. We're seeing that across the board, the COVID-19 crisis is is providing sort of a glimpse into a future. It's almost a forced glimpse, one in which digital has become the central of, of every interaction, you know, forcing both the organizations and the individuals further up the adoption curve almost you know, with 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 a click, they 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 were forced into this, and the world in which digital channels become the primary interaction, sometimes almost the exclusive interaction between the customers, between the suppliers, between all of those things, and automated processes become the primary driver of these productivity. So the companies who are not prepared to manage this type of function, uh, this type of uncertainty, need to identify quick wins. You know, as, as I mentioned, first thing they need to do is is make sure they have a very agile trading and supply functions because, you know, the demand will fluctuate, the, the supply you know, lines will change, what type of crudes they were getting will, will change, where they were sending the products will change, all of those things. They will be looking for new types of boutique products uh, that need to be brought in. Based on the current available infrastructure and technology, they need to be look for solutions that are fast to deploy, and that will empower their teams to act faster in this face of uh, face of everyday new change. Uh, we don't expect this instability to go away anytime soon. As, as uh, I think uh, there was a uh, com- uh, communication or a comment from uh, BP's um, CEO Bernard Looney that we may be already have passed the the, the peak oil. That means we are in this this constrained environment. Where, where things will need to be fast moving. People will have to go and respond to the market very quickly. So they need, we, uh, we, so they need to look, the recommendation is to look for solutions that can provide these quick wins and move them down this path. And the best options for solutions that provide immediate return that enable people to work and collaborate together. And that allows you to put together, you know, so the first step they need to do is put together the roadmap and then start working, look at the quick wins and start building this momentum towards the digital transformation. 
Yeah, that's a, a, exactly correct. And uh, and and just the fact that, you know, even when we talk to these companies today, it's it's interesting when you start to be beginning to discuss topics like supply chain and start using real time because they need to have the flexibility and agility and visibility of the supply chain to be able to react at real time speeds, almost as if we've been talking, you know, certainly real time, which is uh, obviously the mantra of the factory floor. But it's interesting how real time is coming into the whole supply chain process and the fact that as the as the new normal takes place that the traditional workers role uh, is is may never be the same and whether it be from remote remote working whether it be social spacing that these changes uh, that you know and bringing about that whole remote workforce and uh, you know but having the necessarily knowledge management tools so they can do the necessary collaboration as necessary and have the information brought to them as needed but it's an entirely new world and a new normal. And uh, Harpreet Galati from uh, Head of Planning and Operations at Aviva, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and a really insightful conversation. Thank you, Craig. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.